Discovering the Journey. This is Alana Krauss, and I'm joined by my father, Lee Krauss. We are a father-daughter duo who have taken the past couple of years to develop an understanding of how to use critical thinking to better drive decision making. We've interviewed many individuals with varying degrees of experiences and taken some of those learnings and insights to create a curriculum to help people become better decision makers. Well done, Alana. Well done. <laughs> and it always amazed me that when we interviewed the people, the type of information that we got and how it was different than what I expected. So I think one of the most amazing things about our journey here is that things that I thought would have been always everyone being a certain way, it really never turned out that way. And I think that's one of the great things about recalculating is that it, it allows you to be the person you are and maximize your decision making ability. Mm-hmm. And so welcome you all to Recalculating. So we've developed a podcast series that goes through some of the key learnings from the numerous interviews we did, as well as personal experience to bring to you kind of a guideline and roadmap for how to become a better decision maker. Mm-hmm. And so, so how did we get the name Recalculating? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So we came up with this idea I guess, okay, taking a step back, we came up with this idea on one of our runs. I Basically, I would come back and visit while in college, visit home, and we would always go on a run and kind of talk through situations that were happening at school, different decisions like what classes to take or whether or not to take a certain internship, and also like kind of observations from friends' experiences. And we would kind of walk through, you know, like what they were thinking about, what type of decision were they making and kind of, you know, parsing through that. And I guess one day when we were running, I just like asked you randomly, okay, if we were to write a book, what would it be about? I remember that. I remember that. And that way it just jumped right out at me and said, why don't we do something on critical thinking? You'd love critical thinking. And that just jumped right out at me. Yeah, and I remember being a little bit surprised because I thought it was going to be a question that really stumped you. And you came right back to me with like this really, really interesting proposal of using critical thinking to drive decision making, which is like I was doing some academic research on problem solving at that time. And that's always kind of been a passion of mine. It was like, wow, okay, uh, what would we name it? And you even did that whole community school. You created a school of, of critical thinkers. Yeah. I mean, this is something you was so ingrained in you. Yeah. In high school, I like created a community outreach team that basically helped teach students grades four through 12 critical thinking process based on the future problem solving program. And so, yeah, that's always been a passion of mine. And I remember we came up with recalculating because kind of thinking about decision-making as a journey and that a lot of times you're going to come into detours or, you know, you're going to have to kind of shift directions. And we had that memory from one of the road trips we had taken, like, what, 10 years ago, 10 years before that? Probably even more, probably 15. It was Pennsylvania, I remember it. (laughs) And we were coming out of the era of, like, really actually bringing a bunch of maps we got from AAA on vacation, and we had this... GPS um, that we named Chip because he had a cool British accent. 
give it give give your rendition of chip <laughs> turn left recalculating 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 and that gps said the word recalculating i swear a million times because we got so lost but i guess like that was really ingrained that if you get lost it's time to recalculate <laughs> and so now we've been working on this concept for a couple of years, doing a lot of interviews. And so let's get into why this is important. Like, why should people care, right? I think that, you know, it's really interesting that some of the most important decisions in our lives, we put the least amount of thought and understanding in the decision process. We're actually going and making decisions based on a, a whim or a gut feel, but trains in engineering or trains in other sciences, you really start to look at an experiment and understanding what your hypothesis is and what are the factors that influence it. But sometimes when we look at our life decisions, we make them on a fly. And I think it really was, can we take that same knowledge that we put into take, making important scientific decisions or or just a, a, a method that has been proven to be effective, and in doing that, elevate our decision-making. And also from the f standpoint, could you not only make better decisions, but also get to the point as trained in anything that you can do them in less time and almost get to the point, to me, success is when it becomes an intuition. You look at a particular uh, program and say, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, and how can it be better? You look at a company, whether or not to invest in it, and you can immediately understand what's the earning per share, what's the probability that they're going to be successful, what do they need in order to be successful? And I think those are the types of things that I think using the recalculating method and formalizing the decision process will, will have a huge impact on people's ability to make better decisions and yeah. understand. Also, you're not going to hit the wall more than once if you're really doing an analysis on it. For sure. And I mean, I think for me, like what stands out is just how the content in recalculating can impact a variety of people, right? Like it's applicable to when I was struggling with like, should I stick with my major after failing a class? Like, should I take one internship for the other? Should I take this job or go to grad school? And I remember so many of those decisions being so painful. And honestly, I feel like if I didn't have some of the mentors and coaching, like from you and other people, that I probably would have made a much different decision. Like I would probably have dropped out. I would probably have not taken good opportunities just because you know, the gut feeling, maybe I was scared about it, right? And like maybe not doing things just because they were hard without understanding the bigger picture of where I was going and why that was an important step just to push through. So whether it be, you know, talking about investing in a business or not, or it's even like, should I go to college? Should I take this class? Do I need to have another job to help pay for school or do I focus on school, right? There's so many things that this could apply to. So and it's even understanding that decision process of whether it is a class, understanding, you know, can you figure out why you're doing poorly in the class? How do you fix that problem? Where do you go for help? It's the same thing when you're running a business. If you're hitting a wall, you know, I mean, where do you, where can you go for help and who should you get your advice from? It's the exact same thing. So if you can learn it early, it serves you really well in life. Mm 
same same questions just need a, a a method and a process that you can go through that's repeatable for sure and i mean i feel like i even notice a difference with how i feel about decision making now versus a couple years ago before we really had like developed all these concepts like i feel like it can make much quicker decisions and i i feel much better about them and i don't I never get to this point where I'm like, I just feel stuck and I don't even know where to go. And I also don't feel like once I make a decision, I'm just like, oh, was that the right one? Was that not? Yeah. And it doesn't like consume me, right? So yeah, their whole thing. I think that's really important that regret and realizing when to forge, you know, make you make your decision, you know, move forward and do the best that you can. You'll have time to reevaluate it and understand what other decisions. I think those are important things. So when we Moving forward with the podcast, we're going to set it up now that the the book really has 10 chapters in it. So we're going to follow the uh, threads through the book that highlight concepts in each of the chapters as we move through. So it'll be kind of a 10 week thread going through each of the chapters and we call them a tour that ultimately allows you to, to gain insight and the goal really being that each time we, we continue to either handle a new concept or do a deeper dive into the whole decision process. And I think that we can just follow in general the chapters in the book. And I think that one of the first chapters in the book, you know, is what's in your backpack. And so that's really how to identify skills and experience that fill your backpack. And basically using that as a method to think about, you know, what you bring to the table and how your backpack helps you on your journey. Mm -hmm. I think it's also very interesting. And all the people that we've interviewed, you know, the metaphor of using backpack has been mentioned to us. And in that backpack, really, it's the tools and experiences or journals that you keep along the way. I think it becomes really critical. And I can't really stress enough that truly understanding what is in your backpack is going to allow you to pivot. It's going to allow you to make better decisions. And it is such a core concept that you always want to have your backpack with you. You want to leverage what's in there. And even in talking to people, it was so interesting in hearing what was in people's backpack. And it was surprising some people that you would think the number of college degrees that they had, the work experiences that they had that ultimately changed their career. People that I thought started out extremely well off, turned out they started with nothing. There was no rhyme or reason based on where they ended up, where they started, but it really came down to what was in the backpack. And it was very interesting to see for different people what was in their backpack. Yeah, and and how being aware that you start off with a certain amount of skills, either like, you know, I'm really good at math or experiences like, oh, well, I had this specific internship in digital design, you know, that sparked this or that. But the biggest thing was that if people were aware of the backpack concept, when they move forward, they were always thinking about, okay, well, like, what can I get out of this experience that will help move me forward? Or that could be good further along in my journey for me to pull out and use, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think we go on to being your own navigator. And I can, I can say this to me is probably one of the most important chapters that people realize that you can ask people for advice, but at the end of the day, you're the navigator. It's your ship. 
and you're responsible for the end decision. You can get people to give you advice, but when you make a decision, I said it to you many times, you're the CEO. It's yeah. your decision that you're making. And I think we broke it down into three main areas. Again, we said planners, people that really who have the time to plan out the journey, have a clear goal that they're trying to achieve versus explorers, people that want to just go out there and explore and see what's out there and then determine how their, what their path's ultimately going to be. And then we had drivers, which turned out to people that had a passion and that passion was really their driving force and that, again, was going to lead them. And, you know, again, one of the most interesting things, again, in all the interviews we had, I thought majority of people were going to be planners. I Me thought too. there were planners out there I that were just going to gonna rule the world. <laughs> And it turned out not at all. I think yeah. it's very well spread out between planners, explorers, and drivers. And that was really interesting. It opened my eyes yeah. on, on the whole process. And I feel like one cool thing, too, is that, you know, you don't have to just associate with one type of navigator, that a lot of people are kind of a mix. And during interviews, people would say, oh, actually... I'm both a planner and a driver, right? Like I, I plan things out, but I have this passion that's pushing me towards a certain goal. So just understanding it, it from that perspective, I'm really excited to do kind of the deeper dive on that one. But right. that brings us, the next chapter was who to ask for help. And that focus on why trusted advisors are so important and where to find them. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of neat because in general, we tend to, immediately go to our parents or teachers to to get advice. But when you really look at it, you know, seven degrees of separation, you can probably find just about anybody through your network that ultimately can lead you to giving you true advice and somebody that's actually done it in a repeatable fashion that you can actually trust what they're saying. Because I think so many times in everything that I've seen, you see bias, you have people that have agendas, Right. And you as a CEO there need to figure out what people are telling you and how to make that fit into ultimately what you want to do on your journey. And I think that that's something that is so interesting on the wealth of information that's out there and that you want to do kind of a little bit of a hop, which is if you have your advisors there's people that they know that you can hop to to get specific advice and continue to leverage on who you can get advice from that have proven track records in the area that you're most interested in, that they're repeatable. Because a yeah. lot of people get lucky, you want repeatable. Yeah, and also within all of the research, how a lot of times people said that they had advisors, but it came out that it was really just people who were convenient versus people who truly had their best interests in mind and had like the full picture of the story, right? Yeah, so. I think that's so true. And I think really through your journey, you've done really well in finding advisors, whether it be Dr. R, whether it be uh, people in your work field mm -hmm. uh, and even outside. So you, you've done really well in that. So you have a yeah. knack at that. I don't know. I always feel like I got lucky, but I I think that there's some snippets that could be helpful for other people to find really a true mentor and advisor. That's really right. helpful. And just on luck, it's what's in your backpack. Yeah. And knowing <laughs> what decision to make is really what's allowing you to be lucky. If you don't understand what's in your backpack, right, and you don't have a process in making your decision, luck doesn't happen. Yeah. 
And I feel like that ties well into the next chapter, which is figuring out your destination, which I really like because it talks about how to identify your goals and bridge the distance between short and long-term goals. And I remember you said some sort of analogy that really resonated with me. That's like, you know, you can't end up, you know, what was it? Something about you can't end up in California. California. Right. Right. If you're, you only expect to get there in three days. You know what I mean? Driving, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you like, just you have know, to be realistic about how you're going to get there. If you're not flying and if you want to take country roads, you're just not going to get there. And then I yeah. think it really comes down to the, how to pull that all together. For sure. And I also think how little changes within your journey early on can really impact your trajectory. Like, you know, if you're flying a plane out of New York, small changes at the beginning can decide whether you end up, you know, in Washington or in Mexico. Right. So. And I think even bringing it back to home, if you want to be a physician or if you want to be um, an accountant, there's certain schooling that you're going to have to go to do it. If you want to be an electrician, there's certain things that your apprentices are going to have to do in order to get it. Even if you want to go into real estate, you still have to get a license and certified. There's a process that takes place and understanding what that is and how much you're putting into it, right, before you realize that's something you like or don't like, all comes into figuring out your destination mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what you like and don't. And, and, and a lot of times it's okay potentially not to know as long as you're moving in the right direction. For sure. And then I guess the next chapter was adjust your speed. Adjusting speed is always interesting because it's how do you know whether you're going too quickly? How do you know or you're going too slow? How do you really understand the progress that you're making? And I think it's even more so today because we've created this instant generation that wants instant success and everything. And some of the things, there is some level of experience that needs to occur within, you know, gained within your backpack and your journey in order for you ultimately be successful. Now, there are cases where you'll be lucky, right? You know, something will happen. Your parents may, you know, know somebody at a a large company that's going to give you an in. But if you really want to work through it, you know, there's steps along the way. And I think that it's key to, to learn them now, not saying you can't accelerate that, right? And it's also the same thing that sometimes you think you're really accelerating, but you're leaving holes that are going to come back and hurt you later. So how do you really figure out what's the right speed to be going at? Yeah. And I feel like this is really important too, like not even thinking about it in terms of opportunities, but just in terms of directions, right? Like if you're taking a certain class in college, you know, you're studying for a certain major, at what point do you decide, hey, actually, maybe this doesn't work or, you know, I need to jump ahead, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things where speed really influenced your decision making. So I always found that one pretty interesting. And and then wherever you're driving, there's this case that you may hit roadblocks, right? So that's the next chapter. And how do you deal with roadblocks? We all hit them in life. I feel like I've hit so many. (laughs) And, you know, do you just stop there and stare at it? How do you get around it? How do you recover from a failure? All play into those roadblocks. And in a lot of ways, you know, recalculating is really whether you're successful or or you have failures, 
recalculating still provides you a method in how to continue to move forward and how to ensure that you ultimately meet your destination and enjoy your journey. Because I think those things really come into it, being able to reach your destination and enjoy your journey along the way are things that have to all come together or why are we doing it? And I, and I also think that, you know, we talk a lot about it for work, but it's your personal life. It's how you spend your time relaxing all fit into this balance that needs to occur because, you know, your mom would have said all work and no play makes Alana very dull. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like what we've learned with recalculating is both the short-term and long-term effects of roadblocks. So how to build resilience in the short-term, how to make it so that, remember in college, like after a bad exam, I just call you crying. How many times did I call you crying before it got to the point where I I would maybe start crying at the end of the call? And kind of that progression and <laughs> until it was just like, yeah, I failed it, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and again, as long as you learn from it, it is fine. I mean, that's part of the game, you know what I mean? And it's more about, I mean, this is the thing within education, they're using it to give you grades and everything, but it's really refining a thought process, really refining a way to make you a better person. I think recalculating is continually taking that, but allowing you to understand the game that's being played. And I think that's why what we're putting out there can be so helpful to people to realize that there is a foundation, everyone goes through it, they're not alone, and sooner or later, you're gonna hit it. And for people that never hit it, when they do, it's just earth shattering. I'm sure you have friends that their first major disappointment, you know, almost led to like a nervous breakdown, they couldn't even deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's why it's important to understand that there's always a right way around it. There's always a way to continue forward on it. For sure. And I feel like we touched a lot on kind of that next portion, which was just enjoying the journey that at the end of the day, this is life. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. And so if you're not enjoying it, like you need to take a step back and kind of we have some of these tools to help you reflect on, you know, what makes me happy. Right. And how to align short and long term goals so that you're happy. Mm-hmm. And, and that really comes down to it. the whole reason for getting better at decision making is to ensure that your journey is more enjoyable. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be enjoyable. This isn't panacea here. There's going to be times where you're upset, times when you're unhappy, and that's understandable. But when you look at the overall big picture, you should be enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Or if not, right, net positive or looking at how do you recalculate and get into a place that's going to allow you to, to get there? And I think that's so key or find people that can provide you help. You know, yeah. that's what they're there for. Use them. It's a resource. Use them. And yeah. I think that those things become extremely key and important is that it's not always going to be enjoyable, but it's going to be a net positive. And you have the ability and control to change that over time. And you that's the key change it over time. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of aligned with active thinking along the route, that next chapter, how to train your intuition to align with your decision making so Mm. that your gut feel becomes a part of the right and the wrong where you're going. To me, this is really success of the program. If you can get to the point where originally it took you days, weeks to get enough information to make a decision, and be able to greatly reduce the amount of time it takes 
greatly understand what data points are key to understand. Do you have enough data to make a decision? And bam, make the decision. And I think that that to me is ultimate success when you're able to make high quality decisions quickly, the program succeeded. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really what we should be graded on. You know what I mean? At the end of it, you should be able to make better decisions in less amount of time and have an understanding of what were the key data points? When did I have that data that would allow me to make that decision? You know, when we start back looking back, active reflection, it really gets into that, which is the next chapter. Yeah, which is really, how do you know what worked and didn't work, right? And so giving you the tools to look back on a decision and understand, okay, like when did I have enough information to actually make the decision? So instead of it taking me two weeks to decide, I actually had all of the data within one week. That last week was just more emotional. And using that instead of, you know, being down on yourself that you took so long to make a decision, learn, okay, actually, you know, this is kind of how I was processing it. So moving forward, you could be more aware and not have it happen again. Right. And also look at, could I have gone to somebody else to help me with the decision? Who could have I asked that would have ultimately allowed me to have a better understanding of the decision I'm making and what data points were important to me or should have been important to me? And I think that that really starts to play into it again. How do you ultimately get to the point where you have intuition? It's going back and doing active reflection. It's, It's a process. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all part of the journey. It's all (laughs) part of the journey. Well said, Lana. And then the last chapter is just the places you'll go. And that's really just kind of tying all the concepts together and also focusing on how to avoid decision paralysis. I feel like a lot of the people we talk to were saying, you know, at some points it gets like it just gets so much right. They feel like there's so much pressure on this one decision that the easiest thing to do is just totally disengage and let it work out on its own. So really how to use these concepts to leverage your critical thinking abilities so that you can move forward as a stronger decision maker. Right. And I think it also gets into we all, you know, the decision of where to go to lunch really shouldn't matter. You know, what's the downside if you choose the salad bar versus, you know, a uh, burger place? You know, I mean, it's not that hard. And so you can start to realize what things are really important. And in doing that, truly allow you to help in the decision process, where to go, what's important, what's not important. And yeah. I think that that ultimately allows you to get to the places that you want to quicker. Yeah. And even like, you know, what's important to you, having those guidelines as like something that you've thought about and you kind of have at the ready, it makes a decision like, yeah, what do you want to go to for lunch? You know, you have a calculus that says, oh, you know, it needs to be vegetarian and it needs to be under this like right just random things like that but could really help you make a quicker decision about both big and small things yeah so i just want to just it's worth just going back through the 10 areas just so we went over them first so the first area is what's in your backpack the second one is be uh, your own navigator and then we said who to ask for help was chapter three chapter four was figuring out your destination And then five was adjusting your speed. And then dealing with roadblocks. And then seven was enjoying the journey. And then we have active thinking along the route. And nine was active reflection. And the last chapter 10 was the places you'll go. Mm -hmm. So we kind of have this extended analogy based off of the GPS and recalculating to help show decision making as a journey. And so, again, within the next 10 podcasts, we're going to do a deeper dive into each of these chapters 
bring in some of the individuals that we interviewed from a wide range of backgrounds and experiences to kind of to give you a perspective on some of these concepts in action. I think the first one's going to be on starting with what's in your backpack. That'll be episode one that'll be coming up. I think it'll be great for everyone to to tune in to hear that. And we look forward to having you back. Great. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you later, Dad. Yeah, yeah, bye. Bye. Bye, Lana, everyone.